You guys are unruly this morning. Well, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to uh, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter two, please, real quick. Acts chapter two. Good deal. Let's pray one more time and we'll get rolling. Are you all right? You guys good? Smile at me this morning, okay? Good deal. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you that it is uh, still very much alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, we just pray today, God, that as we come to your table and open up our hearts wide, Father, that we would receive from your word, that, God, that we would receive all that you have for us. And so thank you today, God, that you are more than able, God, to meet us exactly where we're at, and God, to meet us in every situation and every circumstance. And, Lord, we just invite you in our own hearts, even now, uh, God, to just invite you to step into to our lives, God, in every situation, in every spot. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for your presence. God, we thank you that we do have a promise where two or three are gathered in your name. You're in the midst. And so, Father, today we just thank you that you're with us. In Jesus' name, let your word go forward. Amen. Amen. Well, in Acts chapter 2, uh, real quick, we just kind of, we've read this verse several times, but there's a few things I want you to see here. Um, basically this, the disciples are just a, a few weeks removed uh, from the death and the resurrection of Jesus. They're a few weeks removed uh, from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And then they're a few weeks removed uh, based from 3,000 souls being saved and baptized. How many of you guys know that was a pretty good few weeks there? Amen. So uh, when we read here in Acts 2.42, basically we're we're reading concerning the disciples of the early church. In other words, this is the guys that walked with Jesus. These are the people that saw Jesus ascend into heaven. Uh, These are the people that saw really the the, uh, inception of the church. And it says this in verse 42. It says this. It says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine or the apostles' teachings and fellowship in the what? Read that next part. In the what? Come on, read it like you mean it. In the what? In the breaking of bread and in prayer. So theologians believe that this, that these words or this expression, the breaking of bread, uh, basically that's found here is referring to the act of communion. Uh, in other words, it's basically uh, where they got the wording from or the expression is uh, when Jesus obviously took the bread, gave thanks, and he broke it. So when we're looking here at the scripture, this isn't just uh, what many people have thought over the years, that it's just some meal that they had together. But it's actually when you look at, at church history, it's actually communion. Now, uh, basically, the, the thing that I want us to see or the point that I want to make is this verse clearly shows us the importance that uh, that communion had in the early church, or some people would refer to it as the Lord's Supper. So uh, especially when you look at it in this sense, when you look at it that, that the, the writer here, Luke, put it alongside of such things as doctrine. Now, obviously, what is doctrine? It's the teaching, teachings of Christ, but it's also what we believe. How many of you guys know that's an important deal? Yes. So in, alongside of fellowship, which is obviously the Christian community, it's what we're experiencing today. And then obviously prayers. I believe all of us would agree that prayers is something really important. So when we look at communion, you look at the at, at here as what uh, as far as the significance that comes alongside of what it's being mentioned with. Am I making sense to you? So in other words, we can't just go, uh, you know, well, we believe, uh, you know, doctrine is really important. We believe fellowship is really important. Prayer and kind of leave communion out on its own. Uh, the bottom line is in the early church and it still should be with us today that communion is a very valuable thing that we do amen so listen so as we go forward i don't want us to make the mistake of devaluing the importance of communion and uh you know a lot of people do that by simply uh, allowing communion to become a tradition or just a just a ritual just a thing that they do i don't want it to be something that we do i want it to be something that that's important in our hearts amen 
So uh, as we intentionally this morning make room for communion, that's really what uh, today is really all about. We're going to we're going to take communion together. Uh, there's been two things as we've been kind of leading up to this that have really been in my heart. And the first one is this. It's just a word that kind of keeps coming up. And it's the word meaningful. That's the only that's the only way I describe it, that I just keep. It's almost like the Lord's just planted that word in my heart that it would be meaningful. Now, uh, obviously, as we take communion today, uh, we want to do it as a family. Amen. And as we as we take community together, I hope that around this room that that means something to you. You know, because we can, you know, there, there's no guidelines. We can obviously take communion at our house by ourselves, right? We know that. But there's something that's so special when the believers, just like in the early church, get together heart to heart once again that, that it's this, that I know the person that's across the, across the road for me or maybe behind me, in front of me, that they've had that same encounter with him, that there's something a whole lot more significant and powerful about it. Especially when you look at, uh, you know, the verse that, that we prayed a while ago there in, out of Matthew 18, where it says, where two or three are gathered in his name, uh, he's there. His presence is there. So today when we take communion, it's not just going through a ritual, going through a tradition. It's something that we get to do together, not only with each other, but also with him. Amen. So that's where we're, our hearts are open. Holy Spirit, please come. Right. Amen. So the second thing that was on my heart uh, as we begin to prepare for this is that we would all have a clear understanding of what communion really is. You know, I want to be really clear here. Uh, this in, in no way is to belittle anyone's intelligence or belittle anyone's spiritual maturity. Uh, but what it is is the pastor, I'm trying to recognize that, that all of us come from different backgrounds. All of us have different stories. All of us are at different levels, different phases in our walk with God. And I think if we're going to do something that's meaningful, it's very important that we all know what we're doing together. In other words, if we're going to partake in such an important act, it, we need to be on the same page. Amen. So pretty simple. So um, basically with that said, here's what I want to do. I want to start off uh, this morning by looking at the story behind communion. And so if you have your Bible, go ahead and flip to Exodus chapter 12. Now, I will say this. Um, we could spend probably a couple of hours talking about communion. That's not the goal. So uh, for you theologians that are in here, I'm going to I'm going to probably leave one or two things out. OK, so, so don't throw rocks at me after service. Uh, it's just going to be kind of a brief overview so we all kind of get a gist of it. Amen? Amen? Amen. 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 All right. Amen. Preach it, preacher. Preach it. All right. Sorry. All right, so here, let me give you a quick overview. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm, yeah, yeah. Just have, just have a little. Is it okay to have a little fun? Come We get too tight in church, right? Yeah. All right. Here we go. All right. So quick overview. So the Hebrews, which we know are God's chosen people, uh, these guys have been in slavery for over 400 years. OK, so one day uh, God spoke to a Hebrew man named Moses. Most of us know the story, uh, but he spoke to him at a burning bush. And I love what he said. If you read there at the story of the burning bush, it says basically that God came to him and he said, I have seen the tears of my people. I have heard their cries and I've come down to send you. It's powerful. I've heard their cries. Uh, I've seen their tears and I've come down to send you. He's still doing that today with us. Amen. Amen. Hopefully you'll get that. He's still doing that with us. He's still looking for deliverers. That's why we have the that's why we're ministers of reconciliation. So I've seen the people's tears. I've heard their cries. I've come down to send you. In short, God was telling Moses, look, I, I, I have basically anointed you to basically deliver my people. And so fast forward in the story. Uh, most of us have probably seen Prince of Egypt. But uh, Moses, 
he approached Pharaoh, and we know that's the leader of the Egyptians, and he said, look, dude, God said to let his people go. And what did Pharaoh do? Pharaoh just didn't say, well, okay, God said, okay, well, they can go. Uh, he basically laughed in his face, and he refused to release the people uh, out of slavery, out of bondage. Is that true? So because Pharaoh hardened his heart, uh, God's judgment came upon the Egyptians in ten plagues. Uh, so, you know, we have the plague with the frogs, the locusts, the lice, uh, you know, all that fun stuff, you know, like water turning into blood, you know, all that good stuff. So anyways, so but without a doubt, the most severe plague of all the ten uh, was the, the last plague. OK, and that was with the, the Egyptians, basically the, the death of the firstborns among the Egyptians. And that was with their children and uh, with their livestock or their animals. OK, everybody following. So now before the plague came, basically God told Moses to tell the Hebrew children to sacrifice a male lamb. And that male lamb had to be without what? Spot or blemish. Uh, he also told them to take the blood of that lamb and to put it on the doorposts and on the top of their doors. And then he said, after you've done that, you need to go into your house, you need to prepare the lamb, and you need to eat the lamb with unleavened bread. Everybody knows that? Right? So let's pick up the story here in Exodus chapter 12, uh, verse 12. If you're there, say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Exodus 12. This is God speaking to Moses. And here's the whole reason he had him to do that. OK, it says in verse 12, it says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night. It says, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both male and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Verse 13 says, now the blood shall be assigned for you. On the houses where you are. You get that. The blood shall be a sign for you on the house that you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Get that. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Verse 14. This is key. It says, so this day shall be to you a memorial. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Now, listen, I, I'm sure most of us know that uh, once the final plague happened, uh, basically Pharaoh relented and he released God's children from the bondage, from the slavery, uh, from Egypt. OK, so in response, though, here's the kind of the point. So in response to verse 14, uh, basically Jews to this day, the Passover, right, they celebrate their deliverance from bondage by a Passover meal. If you know that, say just wave your hand at me. OK, hopefully I'm not boring all this morning. All right. So basically they they celebrate their deliverance from bondage by eating a Passover meal. And we all know that they do this uh, on a consistent basis right to this day. So what does that have to do with us? Let's turn the corner as us as Christians. What does that have to do with us? Basically, all throughout the Old Testament, we we know things. uh, We see things that are known as this in the theological world. They're called messianic types. If you ever heard of messianic type, wave your hand at me. Good deal. All right. So a messianic type is simply this. It's uh, the word messianic has to do with Messiah. And we know that that's basically that's Jesus. He was our Messiah, the savior, the anointed one that was to come. The, the type there is basically a symbol. Uh, it's a picture. It's a shadow. It's a sign of what's to come. And so when basically when you put that together, basically, it's simply this, that uh Throughout the Old Testament, basically, there was Messianic types types that were given to the Hebrews so that they would have a picture or symbol of what Jesus or the Messiah would do when he arrived on the scene. Amen. So basically, where's that picture, that symbol found in Exodus 12? And like I said, this is really simple. So bear with me. 
So, uh, obviously, Egypt, we know if we've been in church long enough that Egypt represents sin, right? It represents bondage. It represents the world. The lamb that was sacrificed that has, without spot or blemish represented who? Jesus, all right? The unleavened bread represented Jesus' flesh. Now, you've got to remember, okay? Jesus is the bread of life, right? And uh, where was Jesus born? He was born in Bethlehem. What does Bethlehem mean? It means the house of bread. So the bread of life was born in the house of bread. And obviously, he is, like I said, in this story, he is, he is the, the type is that is the unleavened bread, okay? So the blood that was on the doorpost, once again, represents Jesus' shed blood uh, and ultimately the lamb in the story that had to be sacrificed so the Jews could be passed over so that judgment would not come upon them so they could be set free once again. Because once that happened, once the blood was set on the doorposts of their lives and the Passover happened, those guys were set free. So just as that had to happen, Jesus is the lamb of God that had to be sacrificed for our substitute, right, so that we could be set free from the bondage of sin and death. You know, there, there's, a, there's a word that we don't use often. It's only, I think, twice in the Bible. And it's in First John, and it says this. It says that Jesus was our propitiation. What a big word. That he was our propitiation. And it simply means this, that the wrath of God was put on Jesus. So, in other words, that his wrath was appeased or settled so we wouldn't get it. Does that make sense? In other words, he handled it. So just as the, it happened there with the sacrificial lamb that they killed, the blood was over it, Jesus is that for us. Hopefully you're tracking with me today. But this is why the Bible tells us this, that Jesus was the Lamb of God that was slain when? Before the foundations of the earth, right? Before the foundations of the world. If you remember when John the Baptist uh, basically was doing his ministry, it says this in John 129. It says, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. First Corinthians 5, 7 says this. Once again, we're trying to grab this, this messianic type. It says, Christ, our Passover Lamb, has been sacrificed for us. Doesn't get more clear than that, does it? First Peter 1 Peter 19 says this, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, fast forward to verse 19, it says, But with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. It's a good place to say amen. So, basically the point I want to make is that every Passover meal that has ever been taken to this point, knowingly and unknowingly, uh, as basically has pointed to uh, the sacrificial death of Jesus. Is that true? Amen. In other words, there's people who take the Passover that know it. They know what it means. And there's people that take the Passover that are still uh, basically uh, they're, they're Jews. They haven't been converted. They haven't been born again. Uh, they are taking communion and they don't even know it. But they are basically celebrating uh, Jesus and sacrificial death because he is the Passover. So let's bring this to the New Testament. Let's see if we can land this thing. In Luke chapter 22, verses 7 and 8, it says this. It says, Then came the day of unleavened bread. That's a Thursday, by the way. And then it says this. When the Passover must be killed. What's the Passover? Obviously, it's not talking about the meal. It's talking about the animal. When the Passover, the lamb, must be sacrificed. And then it says in verse 8, And he sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover, once again, the lamb for us, that we may eat. You you know, this may not whatever mean much to you guys, but for me, for some reason, it fascinates me that Jesus is celebrating a meal that's all about him. You you talk, talk, I mean, that just blows my mind that, that, you know, it's almost like, um, could you hear him like laughing on the inside? (laughs) You you know, like, man, man, only if you guys knew, 
you know. So then, then basically it comes this. Fast forward to verse 14. This is a powerful portion of Scripture. And, and obviously it says this in, in all the Gospels in some form. But I wanted to pick this one because of what it really says from the, from the heart of Jesus about this. But it says, when the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Verse 15. Listen to this. Listen to the heart of God. It says, then he said to them with fervent desire. Get that. With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. What an awesome scripture. With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Verse 16. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Think about it. Here's Jesus, God in the flesh. The night before his crucifixion, he's celebrating the Passover with his, with his disciples. And he is saying this, that I have desired to eat this Passover with you. So why is he so passionate about the Passover? Because the next day he knew he was going to accomplish it. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? That he knew the next day. L- l- listen, if, if I can just from, from the heart here, watch this, that, that here he is. He, he knows that he is about to enter into the greatest conflict that he's ever been in. That the next day that he is going to be beat, he's going to be nailed to a cross. We all know the story. That's going to happen. But yet, you know, it reminds me of what it says in Hebrew, the joy that was set before him. Who was that? It was us. That he was, so so why, why in this moment is he so desiring to do this? Because he knows he's about to get his family back. He's about to make a way. That's the whole, you got to understand that every, that, that basically it was just like a funnel. It was just coming down to the real reason why he came. And so here he is, basically he is, uh, you know, once again, passionate because he knows the next day he's going to accomplish the work of redemption of which the Passover celebration was just a mere shadow of. So, you know, even, even this thought, I want you to think about this. From this moment forward, the disciples would celebrate a, a feast, if you will, of much greater importance than what Passover ever accomplished. And it was through communion. You, you with me? The, the meaning of it went to such a different level, not for a few guys, but literally the entire world. It says this in verse 17. It says, Then he took the cup and he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. It says, and he took the bread and he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. And we know this is obviously when he was nailed to the cross, right? It says, do this in remembrance of me. In verse 20, it says, likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Wow. Wow. So I want you to notice something really quick. In verse 19, it says this. Um, Jesus said that communion was to be taken in remembrance. Now, what is it exactly that he wants us to remember? Does Jesus, please get this. If you haven't got anything today, click in right now, please. Okay. What does he want us to remember? Does he want us to remember his words? Does he want us to remember his teachings? Does he want us to remember his ways? How about his miracles? Does he want us to remember his love, his compassion, his mercy, his grace? Does he want us to remember his majesty? Does he want us to remember his glory? Does he just want us to remember his death and his resurrection? How about this? Does he want us to remember his overwhelming victory? I believe the answer is yes, 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 yes to every bit of that. That he wants us, notice what said, that you would do this in remembrance of me. 
So what is it? What is the me? It's, it's, it's who he is, but it's all that he ever did through his life, death, and resurrection. He wants us to remember every bit of that. It's a good place to say amen. Now, listen, because communion is a place of remembering him and all that he's done, I, I personally believe communion is something that we do uh, that we should take out of celebration and thanksgiving. I, everybody, please hear my heart here, okay? I don't think it's supposed to be some uh, morbid, uh, you know, uh, guilt-laden event where we somehow try to replay everything that we've ever done wrong and ask somehow God to forgive us again. I understand that, listen, that communion is, we know what Paul said, it's a time of self-examination. But that self-examination, I do not believe, was supposed to supersede all the great things that he's done. Does that make sense? So, in other words, it's like we make a mistake of, once again, devaluing communion by making it really all about us and our junk. You know, God is not in the sin-collecting business. You know, are you following me? He doesn't get on eBay and try to search for sin that he can buy. You follow me? He wants us. And so he's basically wants us to celebrate him and all that happened through that time. Am I making sense to you? So here's a few thoughts really quick, and, and, and we'll transition. We are eating today, so this had to be quick, right? And don't worry, the, the Patriots are playing like 4 o'clock, by the way. I checked, okay? So you guys are okay. Better pray for Michael Vick. All right, here we go. So a few things really quick, okay? Obviously, I don't want it to be something that's mournful and depressing today. I want it to be a celebration, but here's a few thoughts. When we participate in communion, we symbolize the death of Christ. Please get this. I'm going to read this so I say it right. But Because our actions, once again, of taking the bread and taking the drink, gives a picture of his death for us. So when the bread is broken, it symbolizes the breaking of Christ's body. And when we drink the cup, it symbolizes the pouring out of Christ's blood for us. said all that to say this. Communion is not a representation, representation, but a representation of Christ's death and ultimate victory. Do you understand that? Now, once again, when we're taking communion today, that we are representing what he has done for us and all the more that should cause joy in our hearts and we should be thankful. Amen. So here's the awesome part to me about communion, which I think sometimes gets overlooked. Communion is not just a testimony of being forgiven. Okay, it is. But it's also a testimony of God's provision that has been made for us in every manner of life. Right. So listen, Jesus, when he shed his blood, he shed it, yes, for our sins, but he also shed it for our healing. He also shed it for our prosperity. He also shed it for our peace of mind. He shed his blood, gave his body for everything that we would have need of. Is that true? Yes. So so today, I, I guess ultimately what I'm trying to say, um, I know I'm being a little bit more teachy today than what I normally am. But but the bottom line is, I don't I don't want us to look at it just like this. I want us to look at it like this. And to see what it really is. And once again, wherever you're at today, whatever you have need of, it's available. Amen. So if you can, close your eyes really quick and, and, and we'll transition here in a second. But I want to do something really fast. If you can just bow your heads. The, the bottom line is, is, listen, we are all here today because Jesus saved us. Um, as we are a church that, that prays, God, please send us the lost. Right. We believe that they're going to come. Amen. So we as a church need to begin to uh, be more intentional in praying for that. But we also need to make room for that to happen. Jesus still redeems. He still saves. Amen. So here's what I want to do really quick. Obviously, if you're here today, 
and, and you've heard um, bottom line that Jesus died on that cross, and the reason he died on that cross is basically to take uh, the weight and the sin uh, of all that you ever committed upon himself so that you could be forgiven for it and so you could have a new life, a new start in him. Really simple. So you can understand forgiveness. Now, obviously, a majority of the room has experienced that. But I want to make room today, if anyone has never experienced that, or if they have and they've backslidden and they walked away from him and, and, they, and they want to get right with him, uh, I want to give you that opportunity today. So we're not going to embarrass anyone. If you know that you have never given your life to Jesus and you want to do so today, lift your hand. Or if you know that you have uh, kind of walked away and not been doing it his way and you want to start doing it his way again, lift your hand really quick, please. Thank you. Anybody else? You're in a really safe place today. Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Anybody else? Okay, good deal. Pray this with me, y'all. Say, Father God. I'm say, Father God. I come to you today. And I confess that I haven't been doing it your way. But, Father, I ask you today that you would forgive me of my sins. I ask you to give me a new start in life. So, Father, today, 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 I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. I believe that He died for me and I believe He rose from the dead so that I could raise with you one day also. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let me pray for everybody really quick. Father, I thank you for every person that's here today. Uh, Lord, as we transition and we and we take communion second, Father, I just pray that our hearts would be so in tune and so locked in to the special occasion that we have today. And, Father, we just thank you for, once again, all that's been made available. Father, I just ask, God, that we wouldn't uh, be like the little kids standing in the backyard looking through the little hole in the fence, only seeing part of what's going on. Father, give us eyes to see the entire picture of what you really accomplished for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this time, if the band can come up, the, the people that are supposed to be playing, if the ushers can come help me, that would be great. You guys help me with communion. Yep, yep, Ms. Harold. So let me kind of explain a few things to you guys really quick. Um, we are intentionally going to do communion a touch different than what we've been doing and uh, just a little bit. And you'll see in a second how. But um, remember, going back to the beginning, what we talked about, that we wanted today to be meaningful and we wanted to take communion together. So we knew to take the communion together. We had to do it a little different today. So uh, just kind of show you where we're at, Mr. Ben, if you can stand here. Uh, obviously, these guys are helping us. Um, so what we did is, is we actually put the juice in a cup instead of the normal dipping that we do. And once again, because it goes back to the together thing. We, we didn't want people to dip it and kind of take it on the roll. We wanted to take it together. And so we just kind of made a few tweaks. And so what we're going to do in a second, if we could just uh, this size, you can pay attention to me. Sorry, hopefully all this will come normal later, right? So basically, if you could come just a row at a time. 
come here, grab the juice, grab the bread, and then grab your seat and just row by row. We'll go. Same thing over here if we can start on this side and go. And we'll just kind of uh, do that while the band plays. If you can, kind of wait. Don't, don't partake of it. Uh, just kind of wait until we're done, and then we'll all do it together. Amen? Yes. All right. Go ahead. Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice. You became nothing, poured out to death. Many times I've wondered at your gift of life, and I'm in that place once again. And I'm in that place once again. Once again I look upon the cross where you died I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside Once again I thank you Once again I pour out my life Obviously as you're in your seat today just go ahead and worship along with the band just kind of prepare your heart for what we're about to do. Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice. You became nothing, poured out to death. Many times I've wondered at your gift of life, and I'm in that place. Once again, I'm in that place once again. And once again, I look upon the cross where you died. I'm humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside. Once again, I thank you. Once again, I pour out my life. Exalted to the highest place, King of the heavens, where one day I'll bow. But for now, I marvel at this saving grace, and I'm full of praise once again. your mercy and I'm broken inside once again I thank you once again I pour out my life once again I look upon the cross where you died humbled by your mercy and I'm broken inside once again I thank you Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. 
If we can, let's just close Thank our eyes. Thank you for the cross. Can we just sing this? Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross. says, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today, God, for your body that was given to us. Father, we thank you that uh, through your body, God, that you made a way for our sins to be forgiven. But, Lord, you also opened up literally heaven and all that heaven has and, and made it available to us. And so, Lord, today uh, we just come and we receive, God, communion, God, together as a family in a meaningful way. Lord, we receive it, God, as we give thanks to you and we celebrate all that you've done and all that you are. In Jesus' name, you may says, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Before we drink today, here's basically what I want us to open our hearts up to. Literally, whatever you need today, if it's healing in your body, if it's provision in your life, if it's peace, if it's restoration, if it's bringing things that are out of order in order, today he's made that available to you. So let's just believe God for that in faith. So, Father, we thank you today. God, if there's any that are sick here, Father, we thank you that you are the healer. Lord, we thank you that by those stripes and by that blood, Lord, we have been made whole in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you not only heal physically, but you also heal mentally and emotionally. And so, Lord, today, by faith, we receive healing. Father, we receive uh, literally just financial provision and, uh, and provision, God, in every area. Father, we also just uh, receive restoration and life, God, into our, into our lives. Lord, we just honor you. We thank you for the blood that was spilled. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we stand to our feet and just give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Okay, I'm going to be pop real quick, okay? That would have been really good. If, uh, if, you know, whatever our baseball team just won. 
Okay. <laughs> so, so can we do this? Can we do this? Seriously, just in a moment. Okay, that's me. I'm hardcore. Can we just, from our own heart, can we close our eyes? Can we put our hands together and can we give Jesus the best praise maybe that we've ever given here in this church, please? Thank you. Listen, I hope you guys know it's definitely not my heart to ever shame somebody into something, right? But but it's just this. Man, I just want us to, to enjoy who he is, you know? I want basically all that all that he has that we just step into that. So it's from a right place, okay? Amen? Amen. Good deal. Real quick, uh, Jen's going to come. The nice one's going to come. And, uh, and she's going to tell you a few things, and then we get to go downstairs and eat some good food. If you if you are visiting with us and, and maybe you didn't know about it, uh, man, please still stay. Uh, you know, we want to get a chance to meet you and uh, get a chance to know you. Uh, we are uh, a family that's just trying our best to love one another. And, uh, and the days like this are really important to us uh, because it's a time for us to get to know each other's heart, know each other's dreams and passions, and all those great things in a deeper way. Amen? Amen. Thanks for coming today, y'all. Yay! <laughs> Father, we love you. So like he just mentioned, um, as soon as we dismiss, we have the family cookout right here on site. So if you are able to stay and eat, you know, whether you were able to bring a side or not, you are still welcome to stay. So please stay if you can. Um, and then we just had a couple announcements. Do you have the slides for those two? Um, the Care Net in Rockland is in need of winter clothes. You guys can sit down if you want. They are in need of winter clothes. Um for kids, they need sizes newborn through six, and um, they have plenty of hats and mittens, but if you have any uh, gently used uh, winter clothes for kids, you know, they ask, you know, please let them be in good shape. You know, if you want to want your kid wearing it, you know, maybe they wouldn't want to wear it. <laughs> if you have the funds to be able to go out and get new clothes, that would be awesome too. Um, but you can just drop it off Monday through Thursday, 1230 to 5 p.m. at the CareNet there in Rockland. And there's the address. And then um, next, please. <laughs> uh, there's going to be a free technology seminar that's being held at First Baptist Church in Walderboro. So this is a free seminar, but they do ask that you register, that they're going to provide lunch and snacks, and be, they have several different sessions. Um, you can actually go on to First Baptist's um, website, and they have it listed there, like pretty much the layout of the day. And so uh, that's totally free. It's on October 24th from 8 to 4. And next. Okay, the Serve Together, um, this is a great opportunity for us as a church body and church family to be able to um, come alongside our community. There's going to be a roadside cleanup for this Route 90, and so it's this Saturday. I know we've been announcing it for several weeks now, but it's this Saturday, October 17th from 8 into noon. And so if you're interested in being able to be a part of that, you know, if you can come for the whole time or just one hour or two, uh, whatever you can do, um, there's a page on the back table back here where you can sign up for that and then 
we wanted to tell you about if how many of you have been on the church website recently? Anyone? A couple. So if you've been on there, you'll notice some major changes. <laughs> it's had a face face over, makeover. <laughs> and so um, if you go on there, um, go check it out, see what you think. Uh, but I also wanted to point out that um, on there, there's a section for events. And if you hover over it, it has announcements. And so everything that we announce here in service is right there. So like if you're throughout the week, what was that? What day? What time? You can go right on the website pull it right up. It has all their information. And actually, um, the information for the seminar, there's a link to the that their church's website if you wanted to look further into that. It's right there on our website, the link to their website. So anyway, lots of new things happening. We're excited. Have I missed anything? He's gone. <laughs> okay. I, oh, yeah. If um, So the website, here it is right here. Um, it's if you just type in uh, celebrationlifefamilychurch.com, pulls it right up. So you can hover over the about and the media and the events, and there's different drop-downs that you can click on. So have fun exploring, looking around. Some things are still a little under construction, and actually it was mentioned today, so I was really glad the young lady that talked about it. But we will eventually have online giving. So I know that if some of you, you know, don't carry cash like me or have your checkbook on you, but you are plastic user, <laughs> you can um, give online. It's not quite set up yet, but that is soon coming so that if you prefer to give, you know, with your debit or credit card, then you would be able to do that all right through the church website. So we'll announce once that is in place. So, All right. Well, are you guys hungry? <laughs> All right, so they've got everything setting up, and we're ready to just eat. So let's just pray really quick. Father, we thank you so much for this time we've had together this morning. And, Lord, we just ask that you would continue um, to do this day with us and our, this life with us. And we thank you for all the food that has been provided today. Lord, we ask that you would bless it, bless the hands that prepared it, bless our time together as we fellowship and get to know each other um, on a deeper level today. Father, I just thank you for your people. Bless them today and throughout this week. In Jesus' name, amen.